Isaiah chapter 62. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hesphazah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace. Day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I believe we'll stop there for the time being. So, as we think about this scripture, I believe you could say that the Lord is saying this in the beginning of the chapter. I will not hold my peace for Jerusalem's sake. I will not rest. You know, God's going to bring to pass. God's going to bring about the means for man to be brought to salvation. And really, I'd like to just concentrate on verse, uh, maybe verse number 6 and 7, if the Lord would help us. So as you think about this, you know, in chapter number 61, the beginning of that chapter, we see the Lord Jesus, really. We see the Lamb of God, and we see Him coming. We see Him coming to the book of Luke. We see Him coming in time. We see Him proclaiming uh, that, that uh, he, he's, he's brought a place of, of great joy. So if the Lord is going to bring that to pass, He says to us in verse number 6 in chapter 62, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. And give him no rest till he establish, till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So I believe there could be several things said here. So as God sent us a word, God has sent us a word. And He's told me, and I realize, you know, if we look at this and we just take it, the watchman, to be the watchman that Ezekiel sees, to be the watchman that Isaiah talks about, what's he talking about? Well, I believe we could see that in twofold. We could see that as the man that proclaims the Word behind the pulpit. What's he doing? If we look at it in the context and the, what the watchman was in this day, the watchman was on the wall of the city. And the watchman was there during the day and the watchman was there during the night. What was the watchman there for? He was to proclaim both the good news and the bad news. He was there to proclaim, maybe he says, I believe it, it's in Isaiah maybe chapter 52. He talks about how, how beautiful are the feet of him 
that's coming, bringing tidings. Who was telling that? The watchman was. The watchman was on the wall and as he looked out and as he saw a runner coming. He saw a runner coming. You know, uh, uh, while, while uh, uh, J- David was at Jerusalem, he saw a watchman coming. Or the watchman saw a runner coming. And David anticipated news from the battle. And according to what the watchman was seeing, you know, he had some inclination of what the news was. So I say to you today, you know what I have today? I have good news and I have bad news. I have good news for you today. Chapter 61, just a few verses back, The Lord Jesus has come on the scene. And you know what He's done? Thank God He's proclaimed a day. I believe we could see it in chapter 61, the first few verses. What's He come to do? And we can read this in the book of Luke chapter 4. He's come to proclaim a day of liberty. A day that the captive could be set free. A day that liberty... A day... Uh, that there's good tidings come. And he says there, the acceptable year of the Lord. There's the good news, folks. But he'll go on to say in chapter 62, the acceptable, the year of the Lord. But he'll go on to say a day of vengeance. Looks like in one of them there's an extended time, and in one of them it's come down to a precise time. For you and I today, if we're saved, you think of the extended time that God gave us to come to salvation. Look at the extended time that God gave that you could hear the gospel, that you could hear about the good news, that you could hear that the Lord had come to set the captive free, that He come to break the bonds of those that had us down, that He come to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. (laughs) You know, what was He talking about? I believe you could see this if you would. You know, in the Old Testament, there was the year of Jubilee. You remember the year of Jubilee? So it went like this. There was seven years of seven. Seven years of seven, 49 years went by. But the day 50, what does 50 come from? Maybe, Maybe in different languages, it comes from Penta. Pentecost, 50 days after the Lord died. The number five, right? So what was coming? The day, the jubilee, the year of liberty, the year of jubilee was coming. You know, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but I'm going to believe this by the way God works all things so precise. I believe that the year that the Lord Jesus, I believe the year that He died was a year of jubilee. So think with me. The day of jubilee is coming. The year of jubilee is coming. But there came a specific day. So as we think about that, that specific day of liberty was the Day of Atonement. That was the day that the high priest took the lambs, took the goats, made that offering, and that was the day that all the captives were set free. You know, you might have been in debt. You might have have fell on hard times. Your property, honest to God, could have been your children. Could have been you, your wife, your family. Everybody was in bondage to someone else because we had fallen on hard times. 
I was there, spiritually speaking. I was a bondman to the devil. I was a slave to sin. I was headed to hell. But you know, the Lord Jesus came on the scene, and on the year of Jubilee, all of the captives, all of that debt was forgiven. I might have been a servant. I might have been a servant to one of you. You might have bought my property. You might have bought everything that I had. You might have bought me, bought my family. And you said, Greg, for the next 49 years, you're going to have to work for me. You're going to be a slave to me. You're going to be in bondage to me. That's where I was and that's where you were as far as sin was concerned. We were there. And we were there and we were going to be there until, until the year of Jubilee. The Lord Jesus came that our debts could be forgiven. The Lord Jesus came that I would be able to be bought out of slavery and I could be free. I'm free from the devil. I'm free from sin. I'm free from the wrath of God to come. Man can be made free through and by the offering and the year of Jubilee through that through that type and shadow which was the Lord Jesus. You and I have that opportunity to be free from our slavery. But notice this, would you? Chapter number 61 Verse number 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now can you see this folks? That that day was a day of anticipation. They looked for that day. Can you imagine being in slavery? Let's just say that, that 35 of the years of the 50 were gone by. You had 15 more years to serve. What if 45 years had gone by? You had five more years to serve. But the day was coming. You know what you were doing? You were looking forward to that day of freedom. You were looking forward to that time that your debt would be forgiven. You were looking forward to that time that you could be set free. The year, the acceptable year of the Lord. So, that was in the minds of people, the acceptable year of the Lord. It, it, the proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance. Are you with me? Are you with me? So there's an offering made, there's a price paid that you and I could come into the family of God. But know this, there's a day of vengeance as well. You know, you look for years and years, they look for 49... What if if this last year was the year of Jubilee, and this year you was bought in and brought into slavery? You know, you had 49 years of slavery before you could be free. If you was raised in that atmosphere, if your children was brought up in that, wouldn't you look forward to the day that your child could be free? Wouldn't you look forward to the day that your son, your daughter, your people would no longer be a slave, but through and by the plan, the work, uh, uh, the, the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ, you could be set free. My, my. What a wonderful, wonderful anticipation. But know this, there's a day of vengeance. So if I miss this opportunity, what's left? The day of vengeance. The day of God's wrath. The day, ladies and gentlemen, am I going to come to this? Am I going to come to the freedom? Am I going to come to be set free through and by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I going to come to put my faith and trust in this work of God through the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, if not, know this, there is a day of vengeance coming. There's a day that God's vengeance will be poured out. His wrath will be poured out on the world. 
So he says, we'll try to try to look at this. Of chapter number 62, verse number 6. I have set watchmen upon the wall, upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. You that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. You know what he's telling me over and over and over again? Know this, folks, that God has made a way through the Lord Jesus Christ for you to be saved. But I also want you to know this, there's a day of God's vengeance as well. There's a day that God is going to avenge Himself upon the unbeliever. There's a day that God is going to avenge Himself upon those that have never come under under the blood, under the water, under the salvation that is offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's coming a day that God is going to avenge Himself. You know, He said to Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft would I have gathered you as a hen doth gather her chicks under her her brood, under her wings. You know, God, I, I believe I read in the book of of Romans chapter number 10. He said, All day long have I held out my hands to a disobedient, a gainsaying people. A people that want to argue. A people that want to resist. A people that are hard-hearted. A people that are stiff-necked. But know this, that God has it has in my life and in your life, I believe, the year of Jubilee, great anticipation. Great anticipation. But know this, there's also a day of vengeance. As I look at my life, you look at your life, how long has God been long-suffering with us? How long has God extended a hand of mercy? How long has God proclaimed unto us the Word of God? How long, ladies and gentlemen, has the Lord called unto you? How long has God pled with you? How long has God sent the Gospel? How long has God made us aware that a day of judgment is coming? How long? Has it been a long time? Has it been at least a year? But know this, a friend, if God bore with me for 365 days out of the year of Jubilee, a friend, know this, that there's a day of vengeance coming. There's a day, ladies and gentlemen, though God has extended my life, though maybe you're here today and you're in your 20s, you're in your teens, you're in your 70s, you're in your 80s, know this, friend, that God has been long-suffering and extended His mercy towards you for a long time. But know this, friend, there's a day. There's a day of vengeance. There's a day of judgment. There's a day of wrath. There is a time coming, friend, that we are either going to be saved or we're going to go out of here lost and undone. And it's going to be a day of the vengeance of God. It's going to be a day of the wrath of God. It's going to be a day... You know what we have today? We have mercy today. We have long-suffering today. We have the grace of God today. We have the pleading of the Gospel today. We have the working of the Holy Spirit today. We have a conscience and a mind to think upon the things of God today. I tell you, friend, when the day of vengeance comes, there will be none of that. It will be a day of retribution. He said in Isaiah... And I believe he asked the audience, what do you think would be the worthy punishment for him who is trodden underfoot the blood of the covenant, the grace of God? What do you think should be the punishment for that man, that woman, who has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. What shall we say? I have set a watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace. I tell you, thank God. Thank God that the discouragement, the disinterest, the no movement, The no desire, the no need did not stop the watchman. 
The watchman was there because God had appointed him to be there. The watchman was there because God had placed him there, given him a job. And I say this, outside of the grace of God, every watchman that he's ever given would have quit. It's the truth. There's so little interest today, even right here in this church, so little interest in hearing and understanding what this Scripture is really saying. Do you know that this Scripture today is speaking to you as an individual? Do you know that this Scripture right here in this Isaiah chapter 62 today is speaking to you? Isaiah 61 is speaking to you. I have set watchmen multiple. Would you say that? I have set a watchman. That would be one thing. But he said, I have set watchmen upon thy walls. Oh, thank God, thank God. It doesn't matter what part of the city you're in. It doesn't matter if you're on the east, the west, the north, the south. You know what there is in your neighborhood? There's a watchman in your neighborhood. There's someone that's looking out for your soul in your neighborhood. There's someone in your neighborhood. God said, I have set a watchman on thy walls, O Jerusalem. Old church today, there is someone that's watching out for you. There is someone that's looking. You know, I believe you could say it like this, and I don't know how it was in that day. Maybe the city, you know, if you look at Jerusalem as a whole, it wasn't just a little square. But I tell you, friend, on every wall, I believe if the line of sight for this man over here on the east uh, when his line of sight uh, 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 got away from him, down the wall a little ways was another man. There was another man on the wall. A friend to take in that view. To take in that area. Uh, to look and to see if coming out of the north, coming out of the south, uh, coming out over the mountainside, coming up through this vale, coming up through this hollow, coming up through this valley. Oh, I need a watchman there. I need a watchman there that's coming up out of the valley a children. I need a man, a friend that's watching over the valley over here. I need a man that's watching over the mountain. I tell you, you know something, friend? When we come to stand before God, I'm not going to have any excuse. There's going to be no excuses for us, ladies and gentlemen. God has set a watchman on the wall. And I tell you this, there is good news today. There is good news today. Our friend, the Lord came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But I also want you to know this, that He also said, and also a day of vengeance. A friend, the watchman is crying out unto you once again. A friend, that there is a day of judgment coming. There is a day of the vengeance of God coming. Oh, I say, He says to us in Isaiah chapter 21. Read with me if you would. You got your Bible in your lap. Listen to these words. The burden of Duma... He calleth out to me out of Seir, Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire ye. Return, come. Watchman, what of the night? You know what the people are saying? Watchman, Isaiah 21, 11, I believe. I believe that's right, 21.11. But listen, what's he asking? Watchman, how much more night's left? How much more of the night is left? Watchman, I'm tired of the darkness. Watchman, I'm tired of the fear. Watchman, I'm tired of the darkness and how that it seems to overwhelm and come over my soul. Oh, I read about a plague that come to Egypt one day. And you know what it was? 
Oh, thank God for the day that that plague fell on my life. It was a darkness that could be filled. I say to you, they said to the watchman, Oh, watchman, what time is it? Is there much more night? Is there a long period yet of darkness? Oh, I say to you today, a friend, how close are we to the morning? A friend, are you about to be saved? Are you about to believe the Word of God? Are you about to realize that the darkness is coming upon you? Know this friend, a friend that the day is coming, but also the night. The Lord Jesus came in chapter 61 as a type of the day of the Jubilee. But know this, the morning cometh, but also the night. What am I going to do with my opportunity Oh, watchman, what of the night? How much longer, watchman, before the morning breaks? How much longer, watchman? How much longer before you give us some good news? How much longer, watchman, will it be before the morning comes? I, I would relay that to you. How much longer will it be? How much longer before you come to the light? How much longer before you come to the Gospel? How much longer before you come to Jesus? How much longer before you come to the place how that you realize that we're in darkness, that you realize how that you need a Savior? How much longer before the morning cometh? Know this, the morning cometh, but also the night. Know that there is a day of greatness. There's a day of jubilee. There's a day of freedom. But know this, there's also a day of vengeance. What are we going to do with this opportunity? Oh, watchman, what of the night? Watchman, how much longer before daylight? I ask you, friend. They said to Jonah, O oh sleeper, O oh sleeper, up, up sleeper, call upon your God. Destruction is coming. O oh watchman, what of the night? How much longer, watchman? What time is it? Wouldn't it be something? Right now I would say it's probably 6.30 before daylight comes now. Pretty close thereabouts. Wouldn't it be something to say, Oh, watchman, what time is it? He said, It's 5.30. It's 5.30. We've got an hour till daylight. An hour longer till daylight. I ask you, friend, are you going to come? Are you going to come to the Lord Jesus? Let's turn it the other direction. Let's look, and you know, it wasn't just a little while ago. A month, a month and a half, two months ago, it was dark at 9.30. It was a quarter till 10. But you know what? 8.30... It's just about dark now. So if the Lord says, you cry out and say, Oh watchman, what of the night? The watchman says it's not night yet. The watchman says it's 7.30. There's an hour of daylight left. There's an hour of daylight left. You know where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen? We're headed to longer and longer darkness, are we not? Are we not headed to a place of greater and greater darkness? Oh, I say to you today, friend, if it's 7.30 in the time of your spiritual life, it's if it's 7.30, you know what you've got? You've got an hour of daylight left. You've got an old watchman, what of the night? I tell you, the night's coming, friend. The night will be here in an hour, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, before you can bat your eye, before you can turn around twice. A friend, the night will be here, and we'll be going out to meet God. A friend, into eternal darkness. What time is it? You should ask yourself. You should ask yourself right now, what time is it in my life? 
What time is it, O watchman? Is it time to come to Christ? Is it time to call on the Lord? Is it time? What time is it? Well, it just looks like a it looks like a terrible day. It looks like a terrible falling away. I realize that, and it looks that way to me. But you know what he said? He said, "This I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace a day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence." <laughs> What's he telling us to do? I tell you, if you're saved today, you know who you are. You're a remembrancer. That's what the word means, a remembrancer. You know what I do? I remember what God has done for me. I remember where God brought me from. I remember the night that I was in. I remembered crying, Oh, watchman, what of a night? What time is it? But you know what God did? God allowed me to stay safe. God allowed me by His grace and by His mercy. A friend in the darkness of night, God allowed me to abide safe. And friend, the morning came. The Lamb of God was running and leaping and skipping across the hills. And friends, somebody told me the good news. How that deliverance had come. The war was over. Victory had been won. And you know what I was? Praise God. I was set free. A friend through the watchman, I believe the report. And freedom came my way. Will you believe the report Isaiah said? Oh God. Who? Lord, who? have believed our report. I believe there's a young man sitting back here between Linda Gale and Darlene that has a, an understanding that through and by faith and by the convincing and conviction of God, we can be saved. You know, you're going to have to believe the report too. You're going to have to believe what God said And I realize this, I'm not the one to convince you. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, friend, that that the night is swiftly approaching. I want to tell you that you may be at 7.30 in your spiritual life. You may be at 8 o'clock, but know this, without any shadow of doubt, a friend, the darkness is moving in closer and closer, is it not? A friend, in the days of darkness, although we may live many years on this earth, know this, that the days of darkness, friend, they're going to be greater. They're going to be many. Oh, I tell you today, friend, we're headed to a place and to a time of greater and greater darkness. We're on the downhill slide. We are going out of daylight into dark. And if we don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ, though it be a day of freedom, a day of liberty, a day of greatness, a day of being liberated from our bondage and from our dead, there is also a day of vengeance. A little more. says to us in the book of Colossians, We then as workers together with Him, Paul is writing of himself and speaking about uh, the work of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, We then as workers together with Him beseech you. You know what Paul is desiring? Paul is desiring you. Who is Paul? Paul's a watchman. Paul is a watchman on the wall. And Paul sees death coming. Paul sees judgment coming. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, We then as workers together with Him beseech you. We call you unto us. We call you. We desire that you would come. We desire that you would come to this Gospel. We desire that you would come to this salvation. We desire as God works in you, you know something, I can't convince you. It'll have to be God in you. But I'm working together with Him. 
I want you to believe my word. I don't ever want to lie to you and cry wolf when the wolf is not coming. And we're living in a world that thinks preachers are crying wolf. You know, there's been somewhere between 150 and 152,000 people in the last 24 hours have gone out to meet God. The wolf is at the door. Paul said, We beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. (laughs) I ask you this. Did I deserve Jesus to die in my place? Do I deserve the goodness of God? Do I deserve heaven? I say if you say yes, then you are viewing yourself as you look at others around you. But as I view the Bible and as I view the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what I see? I see a man that deserved to die and go to hell. I see a man who deserved the wrath of God. I see a man who is deserving. You see, if I get what I deserve, friend, that certainly is not grace, is it? But grace is getting what I do not deserve. Grace is getting the favor of God. Grace is God working on the inside of me and bringing me to a salvation that someone else bought and paid for. I didn't work for it. I didn't labor for it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't merit it. You don't deserve it. You don't merit it. You can't work for it. But I say this, can you take the grace of God in vain? Oh, watchman, what of the night? Oh, watchman, what time is it in my life? Oh, watchman, How much more daylight do I have? I say this, whatever your age is, grace to right here. Grace to this day. The unmerited, undeserving, favor, mercy, love of God Almighty has brought you from your birth to where you are today that's grace. That's the grace of God. We beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. What has the grace of God done? You answer that now. What effect has the grace of God had in my life? What change has the grace of God brought? So there's the divine influence. There's the grace of God now. The divine influence working in you to be revealed in your outward person. What has the grace of God, what what has the grace of God brought about in your life? Oh, I beseech you, Paul said, I beseech you, I beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. You know, sometimes, sometimes you might, you might, uh, maybe you make a reservation for a hotel. And they send out a little notice with it. And they say, you can cancel up to 48 hours. Okay? Up to 48 hours, you can cancel and get your money back. Now listen to these words. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation, I have succored thee. Does God have appointments? Is there a pointed time? Vaughn Vaughn quoted part of the verse over in Ecclesiastes. What is there a time appointed for? You know what? On your birth certificate. 
right down to the minute, isn't it? Isn't it on your birth certificate? You got a birth certificate for that girl right there. So you got an hour and a minute and a date and a month and a, and a year on it. You think God's a God of chaos. Is there an appointed time to be born? Is there an appointed time to die? Is there an appointed time to come to the grace of God? Is there an appointed time to hear what the watchman says? Is there an appointed time when I say, Oh, watchman, what of the night? Oh, watchman, what time is it? And the watchman says, It's 7.30. It'll be dark at 8. You know what I better do? I better make my way to a place of safety. I better make my way while I've still got life. I better make my way while God's helping me. I better make my way in the day that the Lord has appointed. I better make my way while the Lord suffers me. While the Lord helps me. You know when Lot could go out of Sodom? There was an angel on either side. Had him by the hand. Two daughters and a wife. Any other way to get out? If the Lord don't succor you, if the Lord don't help you, you'll never come. But I say this, if you feel the hand of God... If you feel the hand of the Lord fingering around your heart, if you feel the hand of God leading you, if you feel the hand of the Lord nudging on you, if you feel the tug of God leading you out of darkness and bringing you to the everlasting life, I would say today is the day of salvation. What time is it, O watchman? You should ask that question to God about your life. What time is it, God? Lord, let the watchman tell me what time it is. Let me ask you this. If I show up for my appointment an hour late at the doctor's office, think I'll get in? You don't think I'll get in? He's that busy. I mean, why can't He just work me in? Why can't He work me in? You know what I'm doing? I'm putting myself... Now, I don't mean this in the wrong way. I don't mean this spiritually. But naturally, I'm putting myself on the same plane as He is in importance, aren't I? I'm saying that I'm just as important as the doctor is. Well, I wonder why I'm calling and making a reservation and making an appointment to go see Him if I know as much as He does. If I know how to diagnose my problem, why am I going to see Him? I'll tell you why. Because He is of much greater importance than I am. So I say if the doctor, if the doctor can claim a greater importance, and the doctor has set a time and scheduled me, and was willing to see me, and made a time in His schedule for me to be there, you reckon I ought to be on time? You reckon it's important? I'll say this, friend, if I've got something that's telling me, I better be on time. If my appointment is of importance, if my appointment is life-threatening, if my appointment, ladies and gentlemen, is something that's going to uh, uh, deem me, uh, whether I'm going to enjoy life or I'm going to be destroyed, I tell you, I believe I ought to be on time, don't you? How much greater? How much greater and how much greater importance is our appointment with God? <laughs> Let me tell you this. The truth is, if God didn't send us a reminder, we would never ever remember that we had an appointment. We would forget our appointment if God didn't send us a reminder. 
But God set a watchman on the wall. God sent a watchman. And you know what I can do? I tell you, friend, throughout the night, throughout the day, whether it's bright and sunny, or friend, if it's the dark and the pitch black of night and the dark of the moon, I tell you what I can do. I can say, oh, watchman, what of the night? I can say, oh, watchman, what time is it? What is the time of the night, oh, watchman, that I might make my preparation to go out and to meet God? Does God have our days numbered? If you believe your Bible, then you believe God has your days numbered. When are you going to be saved? God got you on the schedule for that? Are you going to make your appointment? Now listen, he said, he said this, that that you receive not the grace of God in vain. That you receive not, we beseech you, we call to you, we beg you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. What about that? What about me living 30 years, 50 years, 70 years, 80 years? And I missed my appointment for salvation. Do you think Romans chapter number 1 has got some folks in it that have missed their appointment for salvation? Now 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 will say that the homosexual, the lesbian, the effeminate, the, the, the drunkard, the extortioner, that they can be saved. They can be saved. So don't think that the degree of sin keeps you from being saved. It's whether you're going to come to the gospel and the call of God when He bids you. See, there, there's the problem. So is this really true? Is it really true? That God is going to bring a day of vengeance? Yes, it is really true. And He says this, God is going to send the Word. He's going to send the Word of God. And you know what He's going to do? He's going to send the Word of God. And this Word of God... Now listen to these words in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says this. Paul's a watchman. Chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. So it looks like Paul's a victory. Paul's a victor. Always. You know, I've been here I've been here over 20 years, several years over 20 years. But I would say I, I feel like I've been I feel like I've been quite faithful over 20 years to preach to you pretty much three times a week, week after week after week, after month after month after month, and year after year after year. So if we just took a little round number of 150 text scriptures a year times 20 years. And not one of those brought any change in your life. 3,000 sermons. And you were unaffected Know this, God causeth us to triumph. To one person sitting in the church, we are a savor of life unto life. To another person sitting in the church, we are a savor of death unto death. 
This Word of God, ladies and gentlemen, is not going to come back void. This Word of God is going to bring forth results. You say, preacher, you're never going to move me. Let me raise my hand and tell you that I have no desire to move you. I have no desire, no longing whatsoever. I am totally against moving you. But if the Word of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit through what words I bring moves you, praise God for it. But know this. He always causes us to triumph. This Word of God will not return void. Would you say this, friend, that the rain that fell yesterday watered some folks' garden? It watered somebody's wild rose bush. It watered somebody's pigweed. It watered somebody's ragweeds. It watered somebody's filth. But it watered both of them, didn't it? It accomplished. You know what he's going to do with the ragweed and the pigweed and the wild rose bushes? He's going to burn it off. And God has given us a warning. I'm going to burn it off. Now I've given you a year. A year. I've given you an extended time of grace and mercy to be set free. But know this. There's a day of vengeance coming. I'd like to go back to Isaiah chapter 62 for just a moment. Isaiah chapter 62. Let's read the last verse. Verse number 7. I have set a watchman on thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give Him no rest till He establish, till He make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I believe that's to me. I believe that's to you. And give him no rest. Who is him? Who is him? God. Read with me again. Let's get it in context. I have set a watchman on the wall. Who set the watchman on the wall? God did. To make mention, hold not their peace, make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. So the watchman is not going to be silent. He's going to continue to proclaim the Word of God. And give Him no rest till He established. He's not talking about the watchman. Give Him no rest. He's talking about us calling on God. He's talking about you that are saved. He's talking about I. He's talking about the church. He's talking about them that are saved and born again. Don't give God any rest. Tell God, send some more watchmen. Lord, send some more laborers. God, send some more to proclaim. God, send it again. Lord, would you send it again? Give him no rest. Oh, I ask you this, friend. Did Abraham give God any rest? When God was about to go down and destroy Sodom, did Abraham give God any rest? No, he started at 50. He went to 45, to 30, to 35, to 20, to 25. He got down to 10 people. I'll tell you that Abraham pled with God to be merciful. He pled with God again and again. When Jacob was at the brook Kidron, what did he do? Uh, The brook Jabbath. I tell you what he did. He wrestled with God. God said, let me go. He said, no, I'll not let you go unless you bless me. I'll tell you, friends, the church needs to be empowered. The church needs to be exalted. How The church needs to be lifted up. How The church needs to have the praise of the lost and the dying. What shall we do? We shall not give God rest until He comes through and works on us to bring forth His glory. You know what the Lord said to Moses? He said, leave me alone, Moses. Leave me alone, Moses. I'm going to destroy them all. 
And I'm going to raise out of you a people. What was, what was Moses doing? He was praying. He was interceding with God. How about the Syrophoenician woman? She said, Lord, my daughter is vexed with the devil. He didn't even look her way. What'd she do? She went home. Oh no, what'd she do, Morgan? She fell at his feet and worshipped him. I tell you what she did. She would give him no rest. She wouldn't let him go. She didn't allow him to get away. She fell at his feet and worshipped him. And he said, you know this woman, I, I'm not giving my bread to the dogs. She said, Lord, even the dogs under the table get to eat the bread, the, the crumbs that fall. You know what she did? She didn't give him any rest. God's calling us, ladies and gentlemen, you that are saved, to call on God. Don't give Him any rest until the church is in power. Until the church has got the Spirit and the power of God. Until the church is glorified. This is what the book says. How about the man that his friend come in the middle of the night? You remember him? Went to his friend, didn't he? Give me three loaves. I got a friend that come. And I ain't got nothing to stand, set before Him. In the context of that whole passage, you know what we need today? We need the Holy Ghost of God, don't we? We need the Spirit and the power of God, don't we? Doesn't the Spirit and the power of God convince the sinner? Doesn't the Spirit and the power of God, didn't that bring you to salvation? I'll tell you, we stand in need of that. That man said, I'm going to beat on the door and I'm going to rap on the door and I'm going to stay here until you get out of the bed and give me three loaves. He gave him no rest. God is calling the church the born again, the really saved. Call on God. Don't let up. Don't give him any rest. What about the woman? I believe it's in the 18th chapter of Luke. The woman before the unjust judge. You remember her? You know what he said? He said, she's wearing me out. <laughs> you know something? He wasn't getting any rest for her. I'll tell you something, folks. Today, we're too easy to give up. We're too easy to be satisfied. We're too easy. I realize I'm... A, I'm running along as usual, but I want to just touch just a little bit through this verse. Give him no rest till he established. So that word there means to erect or to set up. And you know what he's doing? Listen to Isaiah 61 verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees. You know what he's taking? He's taking ashes and making trees out of it, ladies and gentlemen. Can you see that? He's taking ashes and making trees. He's taking people that are in heaviness and making them joyful. And you know what it's all for? It's for His praise. Don't give Him any rest. Till He erect. Till He sets up. Till He brings. This is what the book says now. The Lord, uh, uh, till, till He make Jerusalem, uh, uh, till He establish, till He make Jerusalem a praise. Here's the church, folks. What, what's He doing for the church? Oh, I tell you what. He's making it a praise. He's making people talk about the church. Not in a bad way. In a good way. Because we've not given any rest until He sets up and establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Listen, it's not me and it's not you. But it's all for the glory of His grace. Just a little bit more. Bear with me just another minute. So the praise in the earth, the praise, the word means laudation. A song, 
Adoration. You know, you know what our world needs to see. Our world needs to see a church in unity. A church that praises God. A church that's got the Spirit and power. A church that cares. A church that doesn't give up. A church, ladies and gentlemen, that will not give God any rest till He erects and sets up and gives us praise that would glorify His name. You think about it. And try to be honest. How long since spiritual praise come off of your lips to glorify the Lord Jesus for what He's done? He is telling us, give Him no rest till He does His miraculous work. Give Him no rest. Don't let up on Him.